So there are points in each business business's journey where you do need cash and you have to think, you know, as an as a CEO or as a founder, whether you're at that point or whether you can, you know, and, and whether the market is is also available, whether the cash is available to you. And there are lots of different partners that are helping brands right now be, get out and be in, in some of these physical spaces, whether it's pop-ups or, you know, um, places with multiple brands or so, or even in, um, you know, in the spaces where there are events happening. So the foremost 50 list, which is our longest um, sort of going list, it's been it's been now released about five times. That that list basically identifies innovative digital native businesses. And they could be innovating with the product that they're bringing to the market, their business strategy, their customer acquisition strategy, the way they're using capital to grow. Today's episode is jam-packed with valuable insights into the strategies, trends, and innovations shaping the retail industry with a focus on direct-to-consumer as a channel and the importance of experiential retail. This is the 2X e-commerce podcast hosted by Kunle Campbell. So welcome to the 2X e-commerce podcast. On today's episode, I'm joined by Sonal Gandhi. She's a chief content officer at The Lead. The Lead is a B2B media company that serves retail, fashion, and consumer brands through events, insightful research, and they have an award ceremony based on rankings of challenger brands, incumbent consumer brands all across the United States. Sonal is an industry analyst with over 15 years of experience in the retail sector, and she possesses a deep understanding of how emerging technologies and disruptive business models are shaping the strategies of global retailers and brands. She's held key strategic roles at organizations such as ShopTalk, eBay, Macy's, and has made significant contributions at the industry as an industry analyst at Forrester Research. Right. So in this episode, Sonal and I will discuss key trends in D2C e-commerce as a channel, and she'll share her insights on how brands can use D2C as a channel to grow their businesses. She'll also discuss the importance of consumer data, lifetime value, and D2C success, as well as the LEED's upcoming 2023 LEED Innovation Summit in New York taking place this July, which I will be attending. So why should you listen? You're going to gain insights into the strategies employed by the world's foremost retailers and brands. You'll learn how just about pivotal trends that are defining the future of the retail industry. You'll get to understand the importance of viewing direct to consumer as a channel rather than a business model. And we would speak about the value of experiential retail and its connection to D2C, as well as explore the options of bootstrapping versus raising capital if you're operating a consumer brand. So pay attention and learn from Sonal's insights. She has a lot to share and I know you will find her information valuable. Let's take a short pause to hear from our sponsors and we'll be right back. Want to improve your e-commerce customer experience with the power of AI? Tidio, the highest rated live chat app on Shopify, has you covered. With Tidio AI-powered chatbots and live chat, 
You can automate up to 73% of recurring questions, providing excellent customer support while creating a personalized shopping recommendation that increases your conversion rate. Tidio not only resolves tickets, but also creates sales opportunities, making it a must-have for e-commerce operators. With dozens of e-commerce tool integrations and the ability to manage all communication channels in one dashboard, Tidio simplifies your customer interactions. And with the Tidio Plus plan, you get a dedicated customer success manager to help you unlock the full potential of Tidio's features. Join over 300,000 businesses in revolutionizing your customer experience with Tidio. Head to tidio.com slash 2x for a special offer and try Tidio for free today. Welcome to the 2x e-commerce podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. A pretty impressive track record thus far. Um, do you want to give us a brief introduction about you, your background, how long you've been in the retail industry, and then we'll, we'll take it from there? Yeah. I mean, I consider myself an industry analyst. I started my career at Forrester. Um, went on to join the industry uh, as part of the strategy teams, um, and then was uh, you know uh, was part of the content team at, at Shop Talk when it first started. Um, so I've been observing trends in retail fashion industry for over fifteen <laughs> something odd years or so, maybe Amazing. more. I'm uh, not trying to date myself here, but uh, but for a long time. <laughs> so yeah. so and I've seen things you know seen sort of waves of, of of changes over over the course of these years. Um, so that's what I would call myself as somebody who's observed how the industry has shifted and what's you know who's won and who's lost over the course of these years. So you're one of the brains behind those hugely elaborate white papers and reports we get from Foresta. It's, it's phenomenal. I, I often want, they, they normally, you know, pick the cream of the top from, from, from universities and, you know, they get great analysts on, on, on Forrester. Well, yeah, research. actually, um, I, I, back at Forrester, I used to cover media and not retail, but, um, okay. I was, um, I, I came to Forrester to an, uh, an acquisition, which is a smaller research agency they acquired called Jupiter. Um, but yeah, that's, um, that's how I started. Okay. Super, super, super interesting. We're here to talk about D2C and the lead. So the lead is a, it's, it's an event and content platform for, for D2C. And I think we should define what, what is D2C? Let's start off with that. So I think what we've seen is a common misconception is D2C is e-commerce, right? We don't think D2C is e-commerce. D2C is a way to go to market. That includes your physical stores. So DTC is your own channels, whether it's your website, your mobile, your Instagram shop, if you have one, which which is kind of rare, or your live stream channels or your stores. Um, So it's sort of all encompassing. It's where you go, you know, and transact with your customer and you own that transaction. Um, So that's what we define as DTC. Um, And we see that in, you know, across the board, that a lot of larger brands are now embracing that definition um, and putting DTC on top of organizations that own both stores and e-commerce, right? So larger organizations like Nike are sort of truly, you know, separating that business from wholesale and sort of running it as some business. 
Yeah. So so yeah, D two C is is a channel. It's just a way to to sell, I guess, directly to to consumers. So whether it's online or whether it's in store, it's D two C. Some brands tend to to also categorize their Amazon channels channel as as DTC. Would you would you consider I, no I, Amazon as, as DTC? I don't think so. Um, it's it's it, it's Amazon is either a marketplace or they you know it's it's a typical sort of uh, you know a wholesale relationship. Um, either way, I, we would not classify Amazon as DTC. Amazon okay. may be part of your digital business, but it's not. D2C. Okay. And we're seeing trends. So with D2C, there, they seem to be like two, two sides of, of the same coin. Um, on the one hand, you, you, you're looking at trends from, um, from companies such as Nike, who now, as, as at 2021, had, 40% of their sales were, were direct, yeah. whether it's in-store or on, on their website. And then you have on the other end of the scale, um, you know, brands like Athletic Greens that that have been direct to consumer from from the get go, and they're scaling their businesses D to C through media. What really joins them up together? Their D to C strategies. What do you think is a common thread with um, you know established retailers, established brands? You know, trying to connect much more deeper with customers. Do, does this mean that the middleman, you know, um, the is 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 getting thinner or um i'll just like to to get your thoughts please sure i mean it it depends you know for a cpg brand um d2c is hard because those um you know uh, when you are not as a consumer you're not used to buying directly from a brand like a colgate or um you know uh, even um you know, a, a food and beverage brand. Um, like, but those those brands are still building significant portions of their business um, through DTC, or they're starting out as DTC and then branching into to omni to, uh, onto wholesale. So, so we, we're seeing it. But again, you know, for for them, the growth definitely is through a wholesale partnerships, right? Because that's where the mass um, distribution is. Um, but for them too, the the way that they use DTC is similar to Nike, where it's about building loyalty. It's about having your best customers interact with you in an experience that you create, um, and having that relationship where they come back to you for more. But some of these CPG brands are building subscription businesses where you you're now coming back to the brand every month or every few months for more. Um, and for Nike, it's it's the same. It's about owning that relationship with the customer, providing them with the experience that you want to provide. And, and so it's, it's, um, it's, it's ultimately the, well, the point is the same. There, there's some argument on whether D2C is more profitable um, than, you know, um, going wholesale, but, you know, there's, there's costs associated with selling directly, customer acquisition, logistics, et cetera, which, you know, which, depends on depending on the brand sort of evens out but i do think that dtc is important for that long-term relationship with the customer it's interesting um would you say it is down to customer data or would you say it's it's down to maximizing lifetime value i think most brands are you know investing in dtc so they can understand who their customer is what they want, um, offer them things that the customer wants, but also 
produce things, right? Brands like, um, you know, a lot of the fashion brands who sold wholesale had no idea who the end customer was or what their preferences was. Um, so knowing that customer helps them actually down the line, down the value chain where they can actually, you know, produce things that the customer wants, understand um, the, the entire sort of um, sort of the demand cycle and, and, and incorporate that data. So that data is really valuable for D2C. But I think that um, a lot of brands still have to use it in an effective way, right? The, lot, the data does exist, but brands are still sort of learning to, to use that data in a way that, that makes sense. So yes, gathering that data, building building that database is important. But in this stage where most brands are, I think having that LTV is important um, and having that loyalty relationship because wholesale partners come and go, you know, your relationships change there. This way you control, you control that relationship with the customer. You can keep that customer from coming back if you deliver a good experience. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess... You know, um, what I've taken from there, from what you just said, is the data actually gets the, the LTV. Right. Um, just honing in the data and learning and knowing more about the customer enables you to serve them better, right. which in the long haul, you know, just benefits uh, the brand and the relationship with, with, their, with, right. with their customers, yeah. which, which is phenomenal. Okay. Um, so... Let's talk about the lead. I really want to, to you know, um, to, to get into the lead and, and understand what you guys, you know, do there. What could you give us a, a quick overview of, of 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 what you guys do? Right. So I think we started with this premise that you know there was the the, the fashion, beauty, um, and consumer industries were still trying to figure out the innovation that was happening in the space. Of, four or five years ago. And we started to sort of, you know, help brands sort of connect to the Silicon Valley, as we would say it. Uh, and the way mm. we started to highlight this innovation was highlighting these young, new digital native brands that were really coming about um, and sort of changing the conversation. You know, they were relating to the customers in a different way, delivering products in a different way on different cycles um, and eating away at market share not not alone, but together at some of the larger players, right? And so they changed the conversation. They changed the way brands go to market to some degree. Um, and over the course of the five years that we've been covering this industry, we've seen a lot of larger brands, uh, more traditional wholesale enterprise brands, now starting to adapt some of that playbook in order to build that DTC business. So they're really trying to understand how these digital native brands um, are going to, to customer. And, and so that's where we come in is we sort of collate all these winning strategies for both young as well as larger brands on how to use, build a sound direct to consumer business that outlasts the competition that lets you create those long-term relationships with, with clients, regardless of whether you're in a good economy or bad. Let's take a short pause to hear from our sponsors and we'll be right back. Hey 2Xers, I want to take a moment to talk about a service that has made a significant impact on product launches for our e-commerce brands. It's called Tread. Tread first hit the market in early 2020 and has since become the go-to financing option for over 500 brands, including big names like Rosum. In just one sentence, 
Shred can be described as the ultimate solution for purchasing inventory, allowing retailers to sell first and pay suppliers later. As an e-commerce brand owner myself, I can't emphasize enough how helpful Shred has been for our business. Their unsecured funding and credit model, which takes into account the current financial health of a business, has allowed us to access financing without worrying about collateral. We've improved our cash flow by avoiding upfront supplier payments and freeing up funds. This has enabled us to invest in larger orders, expand our product range, and even negotiate supplier discounts. And let me tell you, the flexibility is amazing. Tread offers a pay-as-you-go model with a flat and transparent fee, which means you only use it when you need to. No hidden cost or long-term commitments, just a simple and effective way to manage our inventory financing. The best part? Tread works independently of e-commerce platforms and requires minimal onboarding. It doesn't matter if you're a founder, CEO, CFO, or part of the finance team. Tread can be a game changer for your business. With taglines like sell first, pay suppliers later, and snooze your supplier invoices with Tread, it's clear that Tread is all about empowering businesses like ours to import the goods we need now while handling the invoice and allowing us to pay up to 120 days later. So if you're in the e-commerce space and looking for a smart, flexible financing solution, I highly recommend giving Tread a try. Visit their website on treyd.io. That's treyd.io to learn more and get started today. Now, let's get back to the show. I like that. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Okay. So our audience, just to be cognizant, our audience are typically digital native or digital native first brands, mm-hmm. um, that, that, um, they're essentially, some of them are already, you know, omni channel, but most of them are, um, essentially, you know, just digital native in, in, in the true sense, sense of it. What is your, what are your thoughts in, um, the bootstrap it's, it's another sort of category, categorization. First, you have like the incumbents, um, you know, just retailers or brands. And then you have like D2C, you know, or, or, or rather um, digital native brands. And then within, within the digital native brands, you have like bootstrapped digital native brands um, that they essentially just use revenue and a bit of debt to grow their business without giving much equity away. Mm-hmm. And then you have, um, you know, other companies looking to raise equity, um, you know, in the markets. And to be honest, when, when you look at Allbirds, for instance, I was just reading through a tweet yesterday and the valuation is ridiculous. You know, um, they, they, they've just, what the market is valuing, you know, um, many digital native brands, particularly e-commerce or retail consumer, you know, digital native brands that have raised tons of money, hundreds of millions of pounds, or dollars, sorry, it's just nowhere, it was nowhere near what they were, they were anticipated in the sense that it's, it's in many cases, it's, it's gone to the negative. They raised more money than their, their current valuation. So with, with that in mind, where do you think the, uh, where do you think people, where, where would you suggest people should gravitate to what should they bootstrap in 2023 or um, should they still raise raise money is there still a space for for raising you know money you're seeing a lot of of brands you come across a lot of brands with your events and the content you you put together 
I think that, you know, every, you know, brand growth trajectory is you grow and then you sort of hit somewhat of a plateau where in order to get up to that next level, you need infusion of capital, right? You can grow up to a certain point being, you know, bootstrapped, being, um, you know, investing the profits back into the business. But if you need to get get beyond that, you know, you need to like, jump over that hill sometimes, you do need to raise money. It could be that you want to bring a new product line to your customers because, you know, you've sort of exhausted um, your own ability to sort of create products. And now you need to sort of infuse cash in order to do more R&D, more development. That could be one reason. Or you've sort of hit a point where you, you know, your customer acquisition costs being completely online have gone through the roof. You need to start to open stores or you need to experiment with pop-ups and other things. So you need infusion of cash when you're going to open a store. So there are points in each business business's journey where you do need cash and you have to think, you know, as a, as a CEO or as a founder, whether you're at that point or whether you can, you know, and, and whether the market is, is also available, whether the cash is available to you. Cause there have been, um, you know, lots of um, ups and downs in the last couple of years where the cash has been sort of tight for businesses like that. Things have changed, you know, the businesses had a lot of cash available to them a couple of years ago, but you know, the availability of funding, especially with the interest rates going up and all of those things, Things have changed, so the cash. So you really have to have a good reason um, and and a good justification for raising that cash. But you can go a long way without raising cash. We've had a lot of businesses on our list that have grown, like I said, brick by brick. You know, putting the you know making sure that their their first purchase profitable, putting that profitability back in the business. Um, being very creative in the way they acquire customers. You don't have to be on Instagram or all spending all the money on Instagram. We've seen brands going from roadshows to roadshows or using, um, you know, podcasts or other sort of unconventional media in order to sort of get customers. So you really have to um, really, um, you know, see how how far you can get with that creativity before you use cash in order to get to the next level. Yes, yes, indeed, indeed. And, and and I guess cash just fuels whatever is underneath it. So if there's a success, it, it, it should help sort of amplify that success, it's like gasoline on fire. And if if, if that fire is, is not much success, is not much traction, then it'll be very, very difficult. And I like what you said with regards to being very specific with your 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 growth ambitions like if you're going to launch a particular um you know range and you need to be um you need to be funded in there or you want to open up a store it, it's quite specific so are you wh- where are you gravitating towards is it equity is it debt or is it a mix of equity or debt now wh- wh- what what's the the temperature of the market in the consumer space um from from your perspective so, I mean, I'm, I'm not an advisor, but I do, you know, interview a lot of these CEOs that are running some of these businesses. And what I can tell you based on our survey and based on our conversation and the data that we've gathered over hundreds of conversations that we've had over the last year, um, what venture capital is still, you know, what people want. Um, if you ask them, they're about to raise money. They still, you know, majority of people still want to raise capital um, through venture. But even with debt, there's, you know, the second most 
um, you know, of, of the surveys that we did was venture debt. So, so raising debt before you, you know, and you raise around um, through venture, so you can convert some of that debt into to equity. So, I think those are still remain popular. Although there are a lot more options available to brands um, outside of those, and they're growing, um, and, and and a lot of these you know financial institutions have diversified the way they go to market, so they are now enabling a lot of the the direct to consumer brands um, to be able to take that 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 wasn't the case before. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Okay, so the lead. You do events, you do, you have a list, you have a, 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 a foremost 50 list right. with essentially the, 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 the cream of the top of D2C or digital native e-commerce businesses. Then you have the leading 100, which I believe are SaaS companies that serve or enable D2C. Right. And then you have the direct 60 which are more established executives from established brands. You release it every year um, and you present the winners in, in a, in an award ceremony at what time of the year? So the, each of these lists come out at different types of times of the year, but I think our objective with these lists is to identify innovation, right? So the foremost 50 list, which is our longest um, sort of um, going list, it's been, it's been now uh, released about five, uh, five times, um, that that list basically identifies innovative digital native businesses. And they could be innovating with the product that they're bringing to the market, their business strategy, their customer acquisition strategy, the way they're using capital um, to grow. Um, so it's, it's like we look at their seven different criteria, how much buzz they have in the industry, you know, um, in, in how like how efficient they are in, in in growing their businesses. So we look mm-hmm. at all these different criteria to identify these fifty businesses each year, um, and that's really to show the in, you know the world where the industry is headed. Who's the one that's making um, bringing a, a new proposition to the market that you need to pay attention to because you can learn something from the way they're approaching the industry. Um, so mm-hmm. that's um, that's one of the lists that comes out in February. Um, we do a little okay. award ceremony for it in March. I uh, invite some of these CEOs. Um, the leading 100 just came out. Um, so that's sort of our mid-year list. Um, and then the direct 60, which identifies executives from established enterprise brands that comes out in September. So we squeeze okay. them out. But again, the idea behind the list is let's identify these change makers, whether they're brands or they're SaaS companies or they're individuals within large brands that are doing something different and innovative that's going to impact how all of us go to market in, in the coming mm. years. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. And then um, you, you, you then have events, like you have the, the lead innovation summits, the foremost 50 is, is are the events the same as the, 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 the award ceremonies or. So we do small executive events. Those are just for award winners and their teams um, over, over whenever the lists are released. But then we do this mm. one big event a year where sort of, Every brand is invited to attend. That happens in July, two days in July. And it really covers all of the sort of the topic, the content that you're looking to to build a good direct-to-consumer business, whether it's customer acquisition, loyalty, 
customer experience, personalization, how to be more profitable, how to grow your business from 30 million to 100 million, um, mm-hmm. how you create interesting experiences in stores. So it really runs the gamut of all the topics that you know a lot of the DTC businesses are interested in learning about from brands that are doing it well. Uh, I'd love to join. I definitely would would love to attend the the July the, the July twelve and um, thirteen one in New York for sure. Um, the, the Lead Innovation Summit. I'm going to link to it in the show notes of this um, this episode. It's really really interesting and it's it's a fantastic networking event. You know, in person networking event with with other executives, whether you're D to C. Um, whether you're digital native, I keep on making that mistake. Right. <laughs> whether you're digital native, or, or you know, whether you're you're um you're 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 an established brand, and I think one of the graphics I really loved when I when I first came across um, the lead was the one on your um on your webs on your on, the, on your homepage, which is called the future of of, of brand to consumer. Right. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna screenshot it and put it in the show notes of this um podcast on my website. It has three triangles basically for those who, who've not seen it um, on the one on, on the left hand side of the track they're, they're all interlaced so it's, it's almost like a Venn diagram but, but with with um, with triangles instead yeah. you're having combats yeah. like the LVM HHs the Ralph Lawrence the JQ the J crew the the Adidas the Levi's yeah. and then the other hand you have um, the challengers so challenger brands obviously um, you know like Roan Allbirds Techovas on top, you know, all that that stuff, mm-hmm. good stuff. So new brands essentially. Then right at the bottom, you have the enablers, you know, so the commerce enablers like yeah. Shopify Plus, SAP, Afterplay, Google. It, it was just so clever, cleverly put. And then in the middle, you have the lead. You know, you're that forum that brings them all together. So when I saw it, because I'm quite graphic and you know, and just the way I process data, I just got it. I just got I said, okay, this, this, this is this is clever. This is a very, very clever take. But you're you're more than fashion, I hear. You're you're con- you cover other verticals, other retail verticals. Do you want to share the other you know, um um you know, the other retail verticals so 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 listeners can, you know, sort of um, gauge to see if, you know, their their vertical fits in 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 the way your forum is structured? Yeah, so I think we cover um fashion, beauty, home, um, and CPG. So food and beverage. Uh, personal care, uh, you know, um, home essentials. So all of these brands from Blue Land um, to Colgate, Palmolive, you know, have been part of the community, part of our events, uh, have have been featured on our lists. Um, so it's um, it's 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 anything anything uh, you know that uh, someone would you know wear on on their bodies or sit on is essentially <laughs> is what we call um you know that's the space that we're in so any brand that's trying to build that direct relationship with a consumer a pro- consumer product brand right so not we don't cover services or but but the, any brand that's trying to sell a product directly to consumer okay 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 so on a final note i want us to just cover experiential retail and, and how that connects with with the direct to consumer experience? Um, do you have any takes or um, you know thoughts on experiential retail? Yeah, I mean, I think that the you know it, customers are going back to stores, um, and but they're expecting more from stores, right? They they want newness. They want something to talk about. They want. Um, to discover, um, you know, something that they wouldn't have discovered if they were sitting at home. So they want that sort of a, a more sort of um, uh, 
wholesome experience, as you would say, or an experience that really sort of takes them somewhere. Um, so I think brands have to find ways to be creative with their physical experiences. And we're seeing a lot of interesting evolution there. Um, for digital native brands, it's, it's a lot about showcasing their product that they can't showcase uh, on the website that well, right? It's about giving their product that physical three-dimensional um, sort of space for people to discover what that is. And there are lots of different partners that are helping brands right now be, get out and be in, in some of these physical spaces, whether it's pop-ups or, you know, um, places with multiple brands or so, or even in, um, you know, in the spaces where there are events happening, there are all these different ways to get your product out there or through even partnerships with Nostrums and Macy's and Targets where you can have, um, you know, short short or long, long-term long sort of uh, relationships with them. Um, so I think getting your product out there in the physical space is important for brands. It, it also helps them discover, you know, why a product is working or not working. Um, some products work better online and some products work better in, in, you know, in physical space when it comes to, you know, how consumers experience it. So it's, it's a great way to sort of have, get new customers, but also understand what's working and what's not working with your product. So for, for younger brands, I think being out there is important. Um, you just have to judge whether, whether it's right time for your business or not. And then what kind of, you know, for larger brands, it's all about creating that excitement to go to your store. Um, even brands like Glossy um, are now creating these interesting store layouts with the subway theme or whatever that may be to get entice people to come into the store. Um, whether you have funding or not, I think a well-curated, well-put-together um, store is, is important to get that customer and also the right location. Right. Um, a lot of the brands we're seeing are going to a lot of these young tier two markets like Austin and, you know, um, uh, places um, that are not sort of Soho and and Williamsburg and San Francisco and L.A. Right. So there's there's also the location aspect of it is like uh, go where a lot of younger, you know, uh, customers are and it's not as expensive. So that's also some of the things that we're seeing. Mm-hmm. Super interesting, super interesting. I really like the point on collaborations. So I'm, I'm also seeing um, like pop-up shops or sections in, in retail spaces just dominated by um, by D2C businesses, you know, yeah. D2C business, again, digital native, yeah. digital native businesses that um, essentially, or brands that um, essentially have their home online, but um, they've all just collaborated together to 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 create an experience within like a Macy's or within you know um any other yeah. Selfridges, um and and it, it really works because consumers have sort of followed that trail you know the foot trail from digital to physical and yeah. they 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 just make those connections right because they they know they're digital native and Macy's and Selfridges need need to have those new brands in there to create excitement to get customers to come in that is right um. Without right. having to replenish their merchandise that they actually purchase, you know, um, just having these pop-ups can create the newness and excitement um, for, for customers to come in. So I think it works both ways. It's win-win for both. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I remember I was in Chicago over the, 
the holidays and um, I saw a Tono. We, we don't have Tono here, in, at least I haven't seen Tono. You know, the, um, they're, they're a, the, it's like a mirror, I think. Um, and yeah. it has like some, some pulleys to work out. So you see yourself working out and you, we got to, to experience and experiment it yeah. in, in an, in a space. I think it was a Nordstrom and we're just, it was quite interesting seeing what I had seen online yeah. in person and trying it. And, you know, if I was in, if, if it really resonated with me and I was in the right conditions, I don't live in Chicago, yeah. it, it could have swayed a purchase because I, I've tried before I, I buy, right. Peloton did it a lot. The first time I tried the Peloton was, was in a hotel in San Francisco. Um, it was the early, early days, yeah. you know, so they're doing their distribution in, in hotels um, and many other places, you know, and many other places. And, and so I was like, okay, this is a Peloton. And, you know, um, yeah, it, it would have swayed my decision yeah. to, to buy a Peloton because I actually tried it and I, I sort of took a photo because it was just different. It was a different experience, right? Yeah. I mean, so you also spend more time with the brand. So your recall of the brand is going to be long, you know. Correct. I mean, you're probably going to, even if you don't have Peloton now, you might get it in a year from now because you've now have, have that recall. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, no. so for those who want to find out more about the lead, um, it's the hyphen lead.co. I will link to it in the show notes. The lead have an innovation summit. Um, if you are digital native or your, your brand and you are very, very serious about direct to consumer as a channel, you want to maximize for the future. You have to be there. It's July 12 to 13. Um, check out their website. Really nice. Join the mailing list. Um, yeah. What, what more can I say? Um, are you guys active on social media? Would you, would you like yeah. to share your handles if we you are? We are active on LinkedIn. Um, we post, uh, okay. the, it's, I think the, the, and I can share that with you, um, as well, but, um, that's sort of the main, um, main social media channel that we use we post a lot of content on linkedin we also have a weekly newsletter um that we publish every friday afternoon and that is a recap of all of the news that happened this week uh, that pertains to direct to consumer businesses so whether it's brands opening new stores or partnering with you know creating new pop-up type of experiences or creating new sustainable initiatives. Um, we sort of capture all of those um, important news items that only only about direct-to-consumer and, and send that out to our database. So please uh, sign in if you, and we have a, you know, a little take on the week's news at the beginning. So it sort of explains what's going on in the world. Um, but that's something, the easy, easy way to keep up with everything direct-to-consumer. Amazing. Sonal, it's been Absolutely pleasure having you on the podcast. We'll link to 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 the website and your LinkedIn. And you know, thank you for for coming on the Two X Commerce podcast. Thank you very much for having me. This was so much fun. Cheers. Hey, take care.